0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello, and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Koroulis, and you are listening to Pa de Chat, Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 14-plus years of experience with you, whether you are a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, everybody. I apologize if I seem to have a somber tone this week, but... Sometimes life goes as planned, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, Every week, I take some time to consider what topic I want to talk about. Sometimes I plan these days strategically, and other times I just figure it out as the week goes on. And I made the horrible, horrible decision of conjuring up some great conversation piece for this podcast (laughs) on Tuesday, which as we all know, was election day. Instead of feeling inspired to talk about dance, I found myself instead immensely distracted in my facade of calm security as I rode the Bolt bus up to New York City from Philadelphia. The day passed and I I think for many of us the results were shocking and for other people they were exactly what they were hoping for, but... Uh, I'm still processing the results of of the election and trying to think how it affects me and my life and my career and my art and uh, just how I can come up with the best result for myself. I I had a great conversation today where uh, I got to talk about other people's reactions and how reading them on social media sometimes make you feel like you should be feeling a certain way. And the best uh, thing that came from that conversation is that really, I'm entitled to feel as I do. And I I encourage everybody that is uh, listening to this podcast to Give yourself a little bit of freedom to express how you're feeling in your own way. You don't have to move on. You don't have to accept the outcome. You don't have to reject the outcome. You don't have to feel uh, right or wrong or this or that. Just do what you need to do for you and let's move forward and try to unite together uh, on our own terms. Well, since I couldn't help but feel completely and utterly distracted as I prepared for this episode of, Pod of Chat, I did what I usually do. <laughs> I talk about what's on my mind, and I figured that uh, today I would talk about distractions and uh, what types of distractions get in the way of uh, students trying to achieve a dance career. So let's get going on this one. As I've been preparing to build my choreographic career, I've had to work a lot on developing my teaching skills. I strongly believe that one must be able to teach and explain their movement style to be successful as a choreographer. As I've worked in and out of, the dance, uh, out of dance studios, uh, whether they're filled with recreational students, pre-professional students, or professionals, I found that there are a handful of distractions that come with the territory of each of these areas leading to a potential career. There are especially a great deal of distractions for students who haven't quite committed to making a career out of dance yet, but are considering it. So I figured today I would focus on that. I can talk about the distractions of adults in a professional world another time, but really let's chat about recreational dancers and some pre-professional dancers and things that might get in in their way towards their path uh, towards being professional. What are these pitfalls and how can you work to avoid them, or at least not fall completely for these distractions? (laughs) That's why I'm here with this beautiful network of hosts on the Premier Dance Network to offer you a helping hand as you traverse this tricky path towards being successful as a dancer. If you've been following our previous podcast here on Podachat, I've talked at great length about the different types of schools that exist in the American dance scene. The most common school you'll find is the Recreational Dance School, though there are still many pre-professional training programs out here in the U.S. These have fun and maybe you can have a dance career type of schools, unsurprisingly have the greatest share of distractions from achieving your dreams of dancing on stages from ballet to Broadway. I'd most often sum this up to the purpose that recreational dance schools fulfill. <laughs> these distractions are similar for pre- pre-professional students as well, but it, in a, these pre-professional track programs, you have a lot of students that have already made the decision to uh, try to have a professional career. So they're, they're, they tend to be a bit more focused uh, in their dance classes. But yes, <laughs> These distractions are especially pulling for uh on kids in recreational dance programs. I personally think that these uh students have these distractions because they aren't necessarily going into the dance studio thinking that they're going to have a career in the arts. Many of these students are attending these classes for the joy of dance as an after-school activity or as a fun way to get some exercise. And there's nothing wrong with this, but due to the nature of a recreational school, the biggest distractions often attract this type of student, this type of dance student, though they're common across the board. I'd say the three biggest distractions for students are outside activities in social life, having an active social life, uh, and schoolwork. These, these uh, specific areas are what I generally find uh, students talking about or if they're taking classes regularly, missing classes or rehearsals for these reasons. A couple reasons that a student may miss class or rehearsal for outside activities or social lives or their social life is for reasons like going to a school dance, like the the soft hop. I think that's a sophomore hop or a homecoming dance. Or maybe there's a football game that all the kids in school are attending and the, the student is feeling left out. More often than not, Dancers who are already coordinated and trained tend to be pulled into sports or different types of sport-like activities in school. School coaches, they'll see that these kids are already malleable and that they have physical potential and they just <laughs> can't help themselves but to, to try to get these kids on their teams. Uh, and I, I get that. Whether a tall, modern dancer ends up in a uh, basketball or a great hip-hop dancer gets asked to join uh, the drill team or if a graceful ballet dancer gets summoned to uh, go into the high school musical or to cheerleading, the, it's not uncommon for, for dancers, uh, especially in the 9th through 12th grade age group, to, to feel that pull. If a dancer truly wants to stay on track for a career, these activities can take away from important studio time where you are focusing on perfecting your craft. Yes, they they could help enhance certain parts of your dancing, but at this age, students really need to be focusing on spending as much time in the studio as possible so that they can refine their craft for the days that they'll hopefully be on stage. The other big distraction that nearly every dancer faces, but especially during those high school years, uh, is the need to live out their perceived ideal of a a, a lively social life. Everybody wants to feel loved and popular by the people that they're around. But there really is something unique about that 9th through 12th high school age group uh, where kids aren't yet fully aware that their time in high school is short and only uh, kind of a what's the best way to put this uh, a mock-up of what their future will be like it's it's four years and it feels very intense and like this is setting you up for the rest of your life but so much changes after high school and and a lot of kids aren't aware of that yet Not to say that a healthy balance of some of these distractions isn't necessary. In eighth grade, I dropped out of the opening number of my school's recital so I could attend uh, our eighth grade school dance. We had some. We had a really important. Maybe it was dress rehearsal or something like that on the the night of our school dance. I also remember asking to miss class in order to attend a prom. (laughs) I didn't go to high school my senior year, so I ended up going to proms on different years, but uh, that's another story. (laughs) I, I, I know many dancers that feel like they are drowning in the hard work of school, homework, and dance training. And a night out with friends can go a long way in helping keep a dancer happy and feeling socially healthy, and on track to keeping focused on their their true goals. But these distractions, if given into on a regular basis, or even if they become more of a, a yearning, can lead to burnout, lack of commitment, or quitting dance altogether. For many of these distractions, the worst thing about them is that they're only gratifying in the short term. I guess that a a really great example of this would be my sister. Um, My sister is actually the one who, uh, I guess we can say she inspired me to dance. She uh, was taking creative movement when she was four and I was two and I kept on running in and interrupting her class and eventually the teacher let me stay in the class with her. But my sister and I danced side by side uh, throughout our entire elementary middle and high school years. And she she had she had a great amount of potential. and um, just by the time that high school hit, she was really starting to feel that that pull of her social life. She wanted to hang out with her friends. We were at dance on a Friday night when everybody else is going to a football game and then maybe going to a party afterwards. Uh, on the weekends, people were having sleepovers and we were having <laughs> competition rehearsals. Um, there, there were so many things happening that finally, um, around 11th grade, she wanted to quit. And my mom had this this rule, which I thought was a really great great idea. She had this rule that we always had to have an activity. Activity, uh, outside of school, and that we had to commit to that activity at the beginning of the school year, and we had to follow through with it till the end of the school year. So, if you didn't love the activity, you were only tied to it for up to nine months, um, but you had to stick it out. So, in 11th grade, my sister was really feeling that pull, and she decided that at the end of that year that she didn't want to continue with dance and my mom told her over and over and over and over again not to quit um but back to that idea like that perception that high school is life and that it's going to continue in that same path from there she she chose to quit and and ended up doing a small activity and getting to focus more on on her social life um And still to this day, my sister, she blames my mom for not forcing her to stay and dance. Though in reality, my mom pushed as hard as she could to prevent my sister from quitting during her senior year of high school. My suggestion to fend off these distractions is pretty simple. When it comes to activities, activity distractions, apparently activity is a hard word for me to say today. Uh, look at the long-term possibility for a future within these activities. If you're joining cheerleading because all of your friends are doing it, could you see a long-term vision of a career in cheerleading? Or how could that cheerleading benefit your dancing? If there's a great uh, choreographer that, that the cheerleading team is working with and they get to compete, Um, maybe that will benefit you. But if it's more of a a civic, fun, after-school cheerleading activity, you might actually, uh, it might be purely social and you're not improving your dancing through it. Really just think, how can that help you achieve your, your current end goal? And end goals change, but in your very moment right now, think about your current end goal and how it can help you reach that. If you really are interested in trying out a new activity, perhaps try to find a way to do it during the summer or on a day that you don't have to dance. And as always, I say do some research first. Look online, talk to a, a coach that's not the coach that's trying to get you to go, and talk to somebody who has done the activity previously but isn't currently involved. That way, you can ask them how it benefited them, if they felt that it was as important as as it seemed. Um, and, and things like that. And lastly, if you feel distracted by a need for a more active social life, whether that's going to sleepovers or dances or even just going out for frozen yogurt with your friends, pull out your calendar. Note the days that you're actually available, that you're not committed to a class or a dance rehearsal, and make early plans with friends. Be proactive. Make early plans with those friends to go get ice cream or sing karaoke or have a sleepover. That way, you're actually getting to do them. It's, it's harder to have these, to, t- to join in more spontaneous activities, so instead of waiting for the spontaneous activity to happen and then having to turn it down and feeling bad about it. Make your own plans. All right. On to the other huge distraction that I find students have, schoolwork. And along with that schoolwork, uh, the pressure from parents for a student to focus on getting into college versus the potential of having a dance career. I remember when I was in high school, I luckily had already made the choice that I was going to attempt to have my dance career. Nonetheless, I still attended high school and did my fair share of homework. It was, it was really difficult. I <laughs> I would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I would go to school, and school let out around 2.30, and the bus would drop me off at my mom's uh, store, and either she or the manager would drive me to dance, and then I danced from usually anywhere from 4 until 10 p.m., and then I came home, I did my homework, and went to sleep. Um, I found holes in there, but we'll talk about that in a second for the homework. Um Many young hopeful dancers do well in both dance and school because they're very disciplined, intelligent, and hardworking. Um, I was talking to somebody recently, I can't remember who, but they they were saying how (laughs) whenever they have a dancer in their their school classes, they're so excited because they know that that kid is going to do really well and that they're going to be hard workers and, and give everything that they have. At the same time, if parents feel the pressure of our culture telling them that their kid has to has to go to college after high school, that can put more pressure on a student to put school before anything and everything, even to the detriment of their training. I think that a lot of parents forget that a dance career is a possibility to have a career. And yes, I, I do think that college is very important and beneficial. Uh, but times have changed and a lot of people are going to college after they're dancing, um it, it's it's not set in our in any book that you have to finish your college by twenty two. In fact I think it can be more beneficial to, to get your degrees later because you'll you'll have a better idea of what you want to do. So if you are feeling like you need to skip class to do homework, perhaps look into strategies to get ahead of your work before it envelops you. Don't wait till the last second to do a long paper try to be like I was in in high school and do your homework during gaps in your day. I would do homework on the bus on the on the way to my mom's store. Um, I would do homework during lunch. Uh, We had long time, like long times between periods in school. So, we had seven minutes. I would go instead of talking to my friends in the hallway, I would go to the next class and I'd start the homework I was given in the last class. There are strategies if you feel that you're bogged down by schoolwork but you want to maintain your training i just suggest really find ways to insert homework into spots of of your day that you hadn't considered before and if things get really really bad don't be afraid to ask your teachers for help. Like I said, that that teacher was saying how how impressed they were uh, with and how much they enjoyed having uh, dance students in their classes. So, not every teacher is going to be this way, but perhaps they'll they'll find ways to be more lenient with turning things in and maybe give you extensions and whatnot. So. Uh, there are a lot of distractions in dance. There's distractions in everyday life, uh, but it's, it's really up to uh, dancers and their families to help find ways to set up firewalls to prevent these distractions from derailing you on your path towards your career. Um, and like I, like I was saying before... I don't think it's healthy for anybody to say, I can't do any after school activities with my friends or I got asked to be in the honor society and I can't do that. Or I have so much schoolwork and I want to take AP courses. Uh, should I take the AP courses and skip dance classes or should I do the dance classes and do a lower, lower course load? I, I think that it's really about finding a happy balance because we live happier lives when we have more balance and are enriched by multiple things in our lives. So please just, just keep that in, in mind as you progress in your dance career. I I think I'm ready to to close off this episode. I apologize if I'm sounding a little bit down today. It's been a very disappointing day for me and my husband and many of my friends, family, and neighbors. But... We will make it through this day, and I I really found great solace today uh, waking up and walking into Steps on Broadway and taking Nancy Bielski's class surrounded by artists and professionals and non-professionals alike, and all of us just joining together to work on ourselves and to work hard and to move to music and to create art and to just be a part of uh, a collective unity where everybody's working towards something positive. I hope that our, our country can do that as we progress into this next era. Um, and <laughs> no matter the cause, <laughs> I'll at least have something to talk about here on Pod of Chat. <laughs> All right. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Potta Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorliss.com. Again, that's www.barrykerolis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements you <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premiere Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B Corollis, or on Twitter at varisco. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I have been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. I also have two YouTube channels, B Corollas, featuring my choreography, and Choreography. that's core dashography, featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening in to Pod Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dancing. We're going to need you to go out and support us more than ever over these next four years. Thank you.